0: Life audio. Hey, my friends, welcome back to How to Say the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice. And we were planning in this series to do five words to live by, and I'm just not ready to quite wrap up yet. So I'm going to take a little pastoral privilege, if that's okay, and spend one more week in this series before we move forward into the rest of 2024. Um, as you know, if you've been listening along, We've been looking at some words in scripture that I think are promises that we can claim for ourselves. And my my encouragement and my invitation to you in this series had been, hey, is there a word here that you want to grab onto and hold onto for your year that you feel like is way maybe where the Spirit is leading you and a way that you want to commit to be faithful to believe God's promises for you? You know, I think when it comes to our spiritual life, We sometimes underestimate how much of our spiritual life is about believing the love that God has for us and believing in our acceptance and our identity in Christ and how that can really change everything about our life, not because our circumstances change, but because we we truly feel the acceptance and the goodness of God in our life. And I think that's what these promises have been pointing us to. So I wanted to, before we move forward, give you one more action that I think underscores any one of these words that you've chosen or any other word perhaps that you are looking to or thinking about when you go into 2024. And that word is a huge part of our relationship with God. And it's a huge theme in scripture, even if it's not particularly mentioned as a mandate, I think it's very clear that it is a mandate. And that word that I want to talk about today is the word remember. Remember. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. One of the greatest challenges and places of comfort that we can find in our life is in the way that we remember we remember our lives, we remember our story, we remember how God has been a part of our story. So, so much of spiritual life seems to be best reflected in the rearview mirror of life. It's it's not out the windshield that we see what God's doing. Sometimes we do, sometimes, but a lot of the times where we see God's fingerprints in our life, where we where we see God has moved, is when we look backward. And, and maybe at the time we were in it and the storms were raging and it was full of trouble and we were anxious. And so we just, we couldn't experience that God was walking with us. But then we look back and we realize, oh, God was with me all along. Jesus has been pursuing me all along that I, I've i had the comfort of Christ with me. And we often find that when we remember. So whatever word you chose this season, whether it's courage or joy or trust, the way we practice those things, the way I practice courage, the way I I practice joy, the way I practice believing in restoration and revival is by remembering. So I want to bring us to Psalm 107 today, just in a short reflection, because I think Psalm 107 kind of sets us up with the story of remembering. And there's many, many places in scripture that you can go. Like I've taught you before, you can turn to the back of your Bible. And if you've got a study Bible, you're going to have a concordance in the back. And you could actually look up the word remember and you could walk through some different scriptures, perhaps write some down that resonate with you, post them around your computer or your bathroom mirror or your drive, you know, where you drive, your dashboard, somewhere where you put those words in front of you. But there's a lot of remembering in the Psalms, but Psalm 107 particularly, I love how it begins and ends. And oftentimes you guys hear me talk about like, how do you take in what scripture is saying to you? And, and one of the ways that I like to take in scripture is sometimes to do a an overview of what I'm about to read. So I might read it a bit more quickly, just looking for the high-level themes. And one of the things that my mind will focus in on is kind of the beginning and the end. And a lot of times at the beginning and an end of a chapter or a paragraph or a story in this in the Bible, you're gonna get clues about the context of the rest of that passage. And that's what happens in Psalm 107. It's a, it's a little bit of a longer Psalm. It's 43 verses long. And as you read through Psalm 107, you're going to read, I'm going to read you the first three verses, okay? And then I'm going to skip over the middle, talk to you a little bit about that, and then put you to the end verse so we can talk about the beginning and the end when we're looking at, okay, what does this chapter have to teach us about remembering? So take a listen here to Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. And then what we have next, we're going to look at it a little bit, is we've got all these different stories about people who found themselves in difficult places and they experienced God coming to their rescue. And so we've got 40 verses about all of these different ways that that might happen. We're going to get into in just a minute. But then at the very end, the very, very last verse, so you heard the beginning verses, The very, very last verse is, let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. So again, what does it say? When we think about a a verse, we want to read through the chapter quickly. What does it say? We're going to hear at the beginning and the end. At the beginning, we're told to give thanks to God for his goodness, right? And to tell our story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. At the end, we're told to remember. We're told to, to tell the story and remember the story, because at the end it says, let those who are redeemed ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Think about them. Be intentional about remember remembering, be intentional about thinking about your story, thinking about other people's stories. There is something so powerful about the action of remembering. If we dive a little deeper into Psalm 107, we're going to hear several themes that I think are themes that we can see play out in people's stories. The first theme in verse four, it says, it's about telling stories, right? Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. This is the storyline of those who felt lost. If you've ever felt lost, if you've ever felt like you've been wandering if you've ever felt like there wasn't a place for you to belong, then you could probably resonate with these first three verses. This is one of the stories of the redeemed, is the story of a person who feels lost, who doesn't feel like they belong, who feels like they've wandered. And I wonder, when you remember your story, have you ever experienced a time where you felt lost, where you were wandering, and you cried out to the Lord and he delivered you? And maybe deliverance didn't come in you know, a lightning bolt or like one amazing miracle. But you look back at that time and you realize, oh, look, the Lord brought me out of that. Maybe he brought me out of it little by little. Maybe I came out of it step by step, but I was lost and now I feel found. That is a story that you always want to remember because when you remember your story like that, it builds your faith. And when you build your faith, you're able to then build courage, build joy, build trust, build all of those other promises that God gives us. Let's hear another story. This one starts in verse 10. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, because they rebelled against God's command and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. This is the rebel storyline. This is the storyline of those who have felt trapped, trapped in an action, trapped in patterns, trapped in behaviors, trapped in their own stubbornness or anger or bitterness, where you felt that feeling, that oppressive feeling of being trapped in a way of living and actually experiencing the bitter fruit of that way of living. You 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 took a path that you thought would bring you to life. You, you took the path of watch it out for yourself, or you took the path of trying to gain people's approval or you took the path of trying to be very successful or whatever that thing was, and you actually discovered that it was oppressing. And in that oppression, you had the bitter fruit, the consequences of that sin. And in this story, there's this sense of like coming to the end of yourself and being able to cry out to the Lord and him saving you. It says in verse 14, he brought them out of the darkness, broke away their chains, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. I wonder if you've ever had a chapter of inward or outward rebellion. I think for those of us who've had a chapter of outward rebellion, sometimes it seems to me that for those people, it's even easier to, to talk about how God has saved them. But there are so many believers that I know who have periods of inward rebellion. They keep things together on the outside. They keep going to church. They keep talking the talk. But in their hearts, they're far from God. And in their hearts, they've, they've turned away from God. They've gone on their own path. They're trying to find their own way in life. And it, it leads to bitter fruit. It leads to the fruit of anger and unforgiveness. It leads to the fruit of anxiety and depression and all of these ways that we can feel oppressed. And if that's been your story, then you can also remember a time where you felt really far from God. Or maybe a time that you really desperately called out for God and he came and he rescued you. He rescued you in the form of his love or in the form of a relationship or in the form of a a change of circumstances. And I want you to remember that because when you remember, it builds your faith. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org study. Again, that's give.cru.org study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Let's look at another storyline. This one starts in verse 17. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. I think this is another storyline similar to the outward or inward rebellion. This is another rebellious storyline where you just you just go your own way and as you go your own way bad things come into your life and you you look back on that time you're like gosh i i went my own way i tried to figure things out myself and it actually brought me to death and and death means death of all kinds we can experience just emotional death relational death spiritual death these death of dreams and and you may have had those times in life where you're like wow that relationship fell apart or that storyline that I thought I was living didn't come to fruition, and I had to live at, you know, quote-unquote, the gates of death. I had that sense that that metaphor makes sense to me, and I remember that time. And you can, like the psalmist, think through this time where God actually healed you from that rebellion. He healed you from that hurt in your heart, and and oftentimes on the other side of rebellion, before rebellion, there's hurt, and, it, and it's the hurt in our life that actually leads us into rebellion. And God isn't just about forgiving your rebellion, which he is. He's also about removing your shame. And he's also about healing you at the root of the place that led to the rebellion in the first place. And if you have that chapter in your story, I want you to remember, because remembering builds your faith. Okay, final storyline for today starts in verse 23. And this is a different storyline. And I love this storyline as well, kind of a different direction of a storyline of how we might find God and how God might find us. So let me read to you from verse 23. So some went out on the sea in merchant ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. Okay, what I love about this storyline is you see two things happening here. There's no sense of internal, inward, or outward rebellion. This is people with power, people who are leaders, people who are explorers, right? And there's kind of two things that happen as they go out into the sea, right? They're merchants out on the sea. They are pioneers. They are explorers. They are going out into the world with courage and strength and ready to master the universe. And two things happen. One, they see the works of the Lord out there. There's wonder. God can use wonder to bring people to him. So often we talk about the other storylines, and many of us understand the storylines of feeling lost, of an inward rebellion, of foolish ways. But there's also a storyline. God draws people to himself through their imagination, through the way he's created us in his image, through the intelligence that he's given his people to go out and explore and want to ask questions and to know things. And in this storyline, it's actually the wonder of what they see out on the sea that leads them to those questions, and then it's humility. Because not only does God reveal his wonder, but he reveals his power. And oftentimes for leaders, for those who are out there ready to take on the world One of the most important things we can learn about God is that we are not God, that there is a God who is big and majestic and powerful, and we are not him. And in this storyline, it's through that storm that makes them lose their courage. It's through their their healthy fear that they realize, oh, I am not the master of the universe. Oh, just because I can go out on the sea— just because I can try to use my amazing intelligence that God's given me in creativity and creativity and wonder, does not make me God? And in this storyline, they end up crying out to the Lord in their trouble because he's, he's the only one who can still the storm. And so God uses a hard thing in this storyline to bring about a very good thing. He uses the hard thing of a storm. He uses the hard thing of fear of a struggle to bring about a very good thing in his people who are out there trying to master the universe, so to speak. So I don't know, maybe that's you. Maybe maybe you've often not quite related to some of these other storylines of, you know, people who have maybe really dramatic tales of ways that they've run far from God. Maybe you've just been sort of a polite disciple of God, just a polite observer of who he is. And then you went out into the wide world and you realized, oh, like, I am not God, and there is a God, and this is a big world, a big, wonderful world that also is full of good and evil, and there is a God that I can trust, and there is a God that will still the storms in my life. And if you have been through a chapter like that, I want you to remember, because remembering builds your faith. Friends, we don't just remember one time. We don't just remember one time a year. We actually make it a practice to remember on the daily. And one of the ways that you practice remembering on the daily is by listening to a worship song every day, by reading your Bible every day, perhaps writing down a prayer every day. I hope I can be your kind of one-time-a-week companion in that journey. Hopefully you're you're in a church community where you're also learning and growing with others and being in community with others as God has called us to do. But in the midst of that, I want you to know that the, the practice of remembering is what will build your faith. And little by little, when you look back on your story, you're able to see like you have called on God and God has answered you. You have sought the Lord and he has been there time and time again. Does he come the way we want him to come? Not really, because we can't control God. Is it always the time we expect? Not really, because we can't control God. We're not God. But he comes and he is faithful and he is just and he is merciful and he is forgiving, and he loves you dearly and fully and desperately, and he loves you so much that he taught us what love is. He said, this is how you know what love is. I laid down my life for you. That's what Jesus said. You can know that I love you because I sacrificed my life for you. There is no greater love than that. So if you're out there and you've been maybe a casual listener of this podcast, I actually had one of you write in this week and said, how, how am I actually saved? Like, what does it mean to be saved? And I want you to know that it is so simple. Um, you've been seeking God and God has been seeking you. If you have found this podcast, if you find yourself listening to it, if someone sent it to you and you even reluctantly decided to listen to it, you have been seeking God and God has been seeking you. And God will find you and he is seeking you and you can surrender to his love for you. He actually loves you. And if you confess your sin, just like the stories that we just read in Psalm 107. If you go to Psalm 107, you read these stories, and you see that there's this pattern of acknowledging your weakness, of acknowledging your sin and your brokenness, and there's a calling out of God, on God to say, God, I trust you, I believe in you. Jesus, I want to give my life to you. And that's what Jesus offers. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Anyone who comes to me will live. And so you go to Jesus, and that's how you get to the Father. That's how you know your Father in heaven, is you pray to Jesus and you say, Jesus, um, I I come to you today. I come to you in, in who I really am, in all the things that are not right in me. And I ask you to forgive my sin, and I ask you to give me your life for my life. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. Will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's truly that simple. God, it's done in God's eyes when you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for your sins. When you confess with your mouth, you say that prayer, you whisper that prayer, you write down that prayer, you tell someone about that prayer, then you are a son or daughter of God. At that time, it is done. It is complete. It is done. And you are in the kingdom, and it is a beautiful place to be. Thanks, you guys, for being here today. Thanks for letting me take a little sidebar before we move into our next series. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you again next week. How to study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics— Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.